Welcome to the Shelter Footy Cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ah, yes, welcome to the Round 23 preview. Thanks to the Shelter Footycast live from the Back Chat Studios. Mark Reddings in the chair. In the absence of Will Schofield, uh, Hammer Brayshaw is going to join me in just a second as we recap a huge night in Australian sport. That was the Southern River Boys out of Thornley. Uh, always good to have them at the top of the show. Of course, you can catch, it, catch us at socials at Shelter Footycast, footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. We've got the YouTube Back Chat uh, Shelter Footycast playlist. Plenty happening. And today on the show... Before we welcome Hammer, we've got the Bottle Mart Ruffy of the Week. Just a reminder to uh, start your footy weekend at Bottle Mart. Grab your shelters where Bottle Mart has you covered. Froth Town, biggest build-up uh, we've ever had. In fact, the Matildas has been nothing compared to this Froth Town build-up. Tomorrow night at Claremont Showgrounds. And, of course, looking ahead to, uh, well, you can't go to this one, Hammer. It's Dice playing at Shelter, September 22. Get your tickets at oztick.com.au. Mind you, if you don't make the grand final, you might be available. Hammer, welcome. Good to be here. Yeah, I hope not to be there. I hope to be sitting at home, sober as a judge, preparing two days' time for a grand final. That's the plan. What a night in Australian sport. Uh, oh, yeah. Didn't, didn't get the result we wanted to uh, as we roll through our big moments of the round, but the Matildas, mm-hmm. uh, I think six, seven million people, oh. seven million people watching this uh, through Seven and streaming, etc. We knew it was going to be huge. And although we didn't get a victory, it was a great night for Australian sport. Oh, yeah. I um, I hate soccer at the best of times, but <laughs> I was tuned in and it was gripping. I think I can't remember cheering louder at a sporting moment this year than when Kerr put that one. It was an absolute bomb in the back of there <sighs> too. And then uh, and then the, just the heartache when there was a couple of missed opportunities, the one where it was the, in, the goal, in the goal square, oh, it's a goal square, the penalty box or whatever you want to call it, after a corner that we missed that one and then they went up the other end and scored. It was, uh, yeah, some serious heartache throughout, but, um, geez, it was a good night of sport. It was outstanding, Sam Kerr's goal. England, too good for us, let's be yeah. honest. And we'd come off a, an extra time a thriller against France. We'd, I think, had a three-day turnaround. No excuse, but they looked a bit leg-heavy at times. And, and look, England's a good side. They, they're the Euro champions. But before April this year, they'd won 30 matches in a row. The Matildas were the team that beat them. So on that basis, they, they were the better side and deserved to get through to play Spain. Yeah, they did. But I think I was speaking to um, Luke Shuey was there last night as well. We had the AFLW season launch and we um, we watched it from there. And he was saying how impressive it was for us to be in a position to be challenging for a World Cup considering our population in the rest of the world. Like, I don't know how many millions of people more than uh, than we've got that you know, are in Spain and that are in England. And England, it's their number one sport. So for us... It's your only sport. Yeah. For us Good. to be challenging is uh, is an incredible feat for uh, the Matildas. And it did an awful lot for Australian and women's sport, I think. So it was bloody good. No question about that. And that's why Will Schofield isn't here. Now, yeah. I don't know if you've actually heard him through the course of the last two or three months. He couldn't have given two rats clackers about the Matildas mm. Until about the quarterfinals. Yeah. 
No, I've heard him. He uh, he said they suck. They're going to bomb out. They're going to finish. Sam Kerr's good, but everyone else, who is everyone else? That's what he was. That was the narrative he was running. And um, and then all of a sudden, it started to build a bit of momentum, and uh, and he started to get behind him, which is fair enough, as as every Aussie did. But uh, no, he's all of a sudden gone from the world's biggest hater to sitting in a private box watching the uh, watching the <laughs> quarter semi-finals. So good on him. He's uh, he's taking a trip away, but uh, no, he hates the Tillies. Hey, speaking of being out of their lane, I just I don't do social media much, but I mm. I put a tweet out last night. Ham, I just want yeah, your feedback wow, on this. Okay. Yeah, so I've just said so proud of the yep. Matildas campaign. Good start. That's a great tweet, yeah, and I was sober. This is, this is important. Yep, this. huge. Uh, Time now for Australians to swallow our pride and support a nation we have a great history and rivalry with, one we respect and fans we love. So go Spain in the final. Does that work for you? That's brilliant. I like it. I like it a lot. And a tremendous tweet. I'm not on Twitter myself, but uh, I would have got around that. I would have retweeted it. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I just can't barrack for England in a final, no. given that Piers Morgan, the crap that he puts yep. out, the Barmy Army sledging us, yep. even when they've won nothing all year. And they still, they still haven't won a World Cup in men or women since 1966. Mm, it's coming home. No, it's not. Let's hope not. Spain. I'm not sure what the right to La España. What, uh, Viva Espanol. La Viva yeah. La España. Viva La España. Just please yeah. don't let England win. That doesn't go down too well in my house because my wife is English. Anyway, yep. let's move on. Uh, some huge retirements. It just seems to be the, the week or the month yep. of farewells. Um, from a local perspective, mm-hmm. Nick Natanui, we know Jack Revolt, Paddy McCartan through concussion and also Paul Seaman. Let's focus, I guess, on, on Nick Nat and what he... Has done for the game. Yeah, he um, uh, the third domino to fall in the uh, in the trio of retirees at the coasters. But um, he is oh, undoubtedly the biggest. I think. I mean, not the biggest in terms of the g- amount of games played, or but in terms of what he's done for the club and for the game. Um, there are not many bigger names in the comp than Nick Natanui. I don't think he's, in my opinion, still the most recognisable face in the country, football or regardless anything. Um, he's so well loved. He's respected. He's Generous. He's a such decent a dear, really nice fella. Generous with his time, generous with his success. Uh, humble. Uh, humble. Yeah, he's um, he's a one-of-a-kind individual, but he's a very, very good man and will be sorely missed around the club. Beautiful family. I know that there's contractual issues here, and it's surely uh, he'll be used by the club, providing he's happy to go down this path. I mean, marketing-wise, for the next two or three years, surely there's something for him there. Oh, you think so? He, um, he's he been the biggest marketing tool of that club since he got there. Uh, he's the face of our Next Generation Academy, the Natanui Academy. Um, he... Yeah, he's all over the place. He's the he's on billboards. He's doing stuff for Hungry Jacks. He's all over the place. So I think it'll be... Um, I think he'll be utilised. I don't think he'll just be... He'll disappear into the wind. But, um, yeah, in terms of what he... He hasn't obviously played football in a couple of years. So he's been in the background and he's been doing his thing uh, around the club anyway. And so I don't think that will change too much for him. I hope he'll still be around and the club would be better off with him there. But um, whether or not they've, whether or not he just wants a bit of time away, not sure. Any PG stories about uh, Nick Nat behind the scenes? At, well, you know, he just seems like the clean cut a Fijian who goes about his business Big, gentle giant. Has mm. he, he a bit, got a bit of mongrel in him somewhere? Uh, he doesn't really. He um, he had a go at, I can't remember who it was. Someone pulled his one of his dreadlocks one game. Zach Merritt and floored him Ooh. and uh, and had a go at him that day. But I think, oh, what's a PG story I can tell of Nick? The night after we won the prelim uh, against Melbourne, so obviously he wasn't playing and I wasn't either. We... Um, <laughs> Him, so myself, Fraze McInnes and Eric McKenzie. Uh, Fraze texted me saying, we're just down at the sandbar for, um, for a palmer and a couple of beers. You want to come? I drive down there thinking it's going to be a pretty quiet night. Next minute, Nick rolls in with, uh, <laughs> with Brad Shepard, who was also not playing, and um, ordered, I think there was five of us at the time, and he ordered a round of 20 espresso martinis. 
and just said, right, boys, like this will be on me tonight. And I called the bloke at El Grotto and we walked <laughs> over there. And next thing I know, there's 20 bloody Mary shots up there. And he's just, he's facilitating the whole night. But uh, he's, I, I, in the time that I've been out and around with Nick, I don't think I've ever had to tap my own card. And he's just a very generous, like, hey, mate, I got this one for you. Don't worry about it. And he does that with his time. He does that with his experience. He's do, he does that with all facets of his life. And he's just a very generous and humble man. Yes, I know uh, nothing but a clean skin, unfortunately, for Nick Nat. We do mm. love him. We hope he uh, enjoys your time. Just one line on Jack Revolt, almost 800 career goals. He's bowing out. Paddy McCartan, number one draft pick going back, but the concussion. And Paul Seedsman, under the radar, but still a, a notable career. Yeah, I um, for Jack Rewald, I think I was surprised at how many goals he'd kicked. Because, I, I, I mean, you look at him and you think, yep, he's a star, but he played with... I always thought Tom Lynch was there, key forward when I was watching them in the later years, but he just keeps popping up and kicking goals. He kicked 800 or something. It's a phenomenal career. So he's I, I, he's been an exceptional player for me. Paddy McCartan, um, I, I feel for him more than most in the comp. I played... VFL with him when he was at Saints and um, and played in the game where he got knocked out and it was one of I think that was might have been his fourth or fifth. It was eight was... at St Kilda and the most recent one in April this year, the most innocuous yeah. incident that you could have. Yeah, well, this one wasn't innocuous. He led up for a ball that got kicked at his feet, turned around to pick the ground ball up and got kneed in the face as he was down picking it up. So that was tough. And um, and Paul Seisman, I mean, that's a guy who's just etched the most out of his career that he could have done. So I think he ended up playing over a hundred games. Yep. But another disappointing, you know, concussion. It sucks to see people stop playing the game because of head injuries. But um, it's I think. Good on them for pulling up stumps when they have and not trying to push through it. Now, the last uh, big issue of the week, and it's just only happened overnight, and how much you can talk about this given your, your employment, which we have yep. to respect. Adam Simpson's future at the West Coast Eagles, Eddie Maguire has come out on footy classified last night and essentially said the board, there's a, a real, there's, there's a bit of smoke in the, the distance with this and uh, his future beyond this year is still very much in question. It sounds like uh, Trevor Nisbet will, will continue as CEO through 2024, which no surprise to me. I'd heard that already and, and maybe Groom is a successor. But Adam Simpson's role, not that you know any better, but it's still not resolved. And I'm not sure if the past two results of, well, certainly last weekend's result has helped his cause. No, I can't imagine it has. But I think, I mean, he's still contracted for another two, two. years. He's still contracted for another two years, which will come, which comes into play. He still is the coach. The club have come out and supported him throughout. Um, yes, the big losses haven't been haven't been good. Uh, and I think you're probably past the point of injuries and senior, uh, his experience sort of... Uh, being the reason, so there's there's certainly things that need to um, that need to be fixed, but uh, it's yeah it's not as cut and dry as just saying get rid of the coach or get rid of the CEO. So there's plenty to go, plenty at play. I um yeah I'm not too privy to much. I'm sitting in the community department doing my own thing. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what plays out. I think the club is certainly in need of a an off season to refresh and go again. But um you know, with two games to go. Anything can happen, I think. Yeah, nothing will happen, I don't think, before the end of the season. And there's some big names behind the scenes. I mean, you think of the likes of uh, Nigel Sadley, Murray McHenry, Brian Sirikoski, I'm told. Agitating for some change, some of them. Some people, not saying those three specifically. But there will be, I think, at least an examination as to whether Simo continues in 2024. And fair enough, the results haven't been there. But that'll play out, I don't think, before the end of the home and away season. You're listening to the Celta footy cast. It's Hammer and Skeet as we... Roll through our preview of round 23. 
Okay, let's jump into the Eagles and Fremantle. Gee, after watching the Matildas for the past week, it was good because we just sort of yep. put the footy to the, the side. Mm. We're going to go back and try and work out how the Eagles can be competitive against the Bulldogs. 11-10 Sunday, Marvel Stadium. Yep. Uh, the Dogs, really disappointing against Hawthorne. It'll be Launceston's yep. a tough place to mm-hmm. win. Um, we know that uh, Hoff, the Vantolin yep, issue. Yep, Puffer. Petricelli had tonsillitis, we believe. And Marek, I think, had a bit of a calf issue mm-hmm. set to be available this week. Yep. That'll turn the tide. They'll win this one. The <laughs> They'll. Uh, this is my. No, I'm not going to leave. I'm going to leave my bottle mutt roughly the week. But uh, I obviously will be tipping the West Coast Eagles as is my uh, as is obligation my obligation uh, in my employment. But no, they. Um, it's all about being competitive here. I don't think they're going over there. I mean, I'm sure they'll they try and expect to win, but I think they're they're they'll be going over there wanting to be competitive. They put up a um, a pretty lackluster performance on the weekend and. Um, yeah, I feel like personal pride takes over for a player at this point where it's, you know, I almost go, I mean, you almost go back to just everyone go one-on-one and see how you go. Don't worry about setting up structure or zone or anything like that. It's just beat your man and or don't let your man beat you too much, I think is almost the way they need to be. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's all about being competitive and it's, it'll be tough because the dogs are a good side at Marvel. And they've got so much to play for. I mean, yeah. they've got lost to uh, Liberatore. Tommy's mm-hmm. got a bit of concussion from last week, so yep. he's out. He's, I mean, Bont's there, but he's probably mm-hmm. right below he's him right as, as your yep. next best midfielder. So two weeks to go. I guess Eagle supporters asking here, um, Hammer, we saw them against Essendon so competitive, yep. fell away so badly. How, how do you get a guide as to what they're going to dish up on Sunday? You can't. You, uh, it is really a toss of a coin, but um, everyone, I think, in uh, blue and gold will be hoping that it turns on the side of competitive. Uh, yeah, I think that's all they can ask for. That's all they can hope for. I don't think they're going over there hoping to win the game. Um, I'm sure that they'd love to, but I think it's a, uh, a real competitive mindset they're going to be going over there with. Yeah, so the Dogs uh, winning the game, boosting their percentage because their, their spot in the eight exactly is a bit tenuous. I'll just give you, not saying this is Eagle-specific, but... Some word coming out of uh, the East Coast for me is that uh, Devin Robertson might have even done a tour of the facilities at the Eagles in the last uh, month or so, and Trey Rusco. Now, both players looking to come home. They're out of contract. Trey, of course, at Collingwood. Devin's at Brisbane. And I believe Devin, who's the nephew, I believe, of, of Darren Glass, Yep, to my knowledge. Yes. He's a chance to return and, and become a West Coast Eagle next year. Lots to play it, of course, but just to... All this sort of little throwaway. Yeah, all this stuff at the end of the season will come mm. into play. But a couple of West Australians looking to head home. Uh, the Eagles, of course, for you because you yep. have to tip them. I'm tipping the Western Bulldogs by uh, by a margin, but they're not. They're, they're a weird side. The they Bulldogs. are. They look another like, one that goes up and down. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got the, all the tools for a really good mm. side. Uh, just in brief, do you, do you think they can go deep in September? Or are you concerned about the the fluctuations? I'm, con- I'm concerned about the uh, the ebbs and flows. I don't think. In finals, you can afford that. Um, that being said, I think if uh, if Marcus Pontempelli can play out of his skin for four weeks in a row, that, that he can drag anyone to anywhere. So they'll um, they get there, they're a sniff, but it's it's going to be tough. For them. Yeah, it's a very even final series coming up. Okay, let's turn our attention to Sunday afternoon, two forty, Optus Stadium, Fremantle and Port Adelaide. Well, Fremantle couldn't have done anything more than mm. they did last week in the Derby. 101-point win. Uh, Port, they're still chasing a top-two finish. They'll be hoping that Collingwood beats Brisbane tomorrow yep. night. Uh, Travis Boak returns. Uh, the young guns in the midfield. This is the exciting part of mm. what's happening on Sunday. Uh bloke called Brayshaw, yep. Sarong, and Young. And for Port, Rosie, Butters, Horn Francis. Uh, this is going to be, albeit nothing for Fremantle to gain in ladder yep. position or in... Uh, 2023, but this is going to be huge, this contest between those mids. Yeah, it certainly will be. I think um, looking at the weekend's game, you don't really take a whole lot out of that for Freo, but 
their last month of football has been pretty impressive. Uh, they only lost to Brisbane by a handful of points and and really made a uh, really made a game of that. So this will be a game that they think they can win at Optus Stadium. They play well, um, and Port uh, Port have been. Struggling a little bit in the last month. They but they bounced against the Giants. They did bounce against the Giants, but before that, it's, it had been a couple in a row. I think it might have been three or four. Three or four right. losses in a row. So it, it, it will be a battle of the midfield here, I think. And um, I think Luke Jackson probably adds to that for Freo and will be that fourth mid around there. But um, you look at what Hayden Young's been able to do and give a little bit of size. The, the knock on Andrew and Caleb is a little bit of undersized and obviously they fight and they're, they're you know they're very good players but um you look at the size difference in them versus horn francis and roseanne butters they've they're that bigger bodied and explosive so it'll be a real interesting battle there and uh, i'm very much looking forward to it but it'll be for free i think you, obviously you get nothing out of winning the game but it's um i think it's a real opportunity for them to to cut their skin and to test it out against a really really good opposition against port um who will be hoping to uh to get a top two yeah and you've never seen a side who finishes off well in, in a year despite missing the finals it gives them a little yeah it gives them momentum for next year i know it's yep. it's all paper uh, covering a lot of cracks but let me just given that this match hasn't a lot of bearing for Fremantle, but this does liam henry yep. out of contract he spoke on the afl website uh, a show with andrew cracker i think in the last day or so about where he'll be next year hasn't decided or hasn't confirmed and then you've got blokes like Nathan Wilson Joel Hamling and Travis Collier I, I think those those three players have been playing yep. really well for Peel I don't think they're going to be offered a new contract do, mm-hmm. do you, are you prepared to argue that one oh not really I, I, I think they're um it's yeah they've, they've they haven't I don't think Joel Hamling played one game one or two games one Nathan two Wilson games the same Cox, Wilson the same I'm not sure Trav's played much this year um they're on the back ends of their career and they are playing good footy at Peel but that's I think that's a probably a sign if you are playing consistently good football and not getting an AFL game, then that might be a little sign. But um, yeah, I, I think it's a big one for Liam Henry, who has resurrected his career in the last sort of six months. He's definitely. averaging twenty-four disposals in his past eight mm. weeks. So I've got to be honest. I until the last month or two or three, I thought, when's this going to? Yeah, young player yep. with talent who came as a top ten pick going to be. A breakout play, and we see what he can deliver. Yeah. Are we starting to see a little bit of that? Yeah, I think so. He um, he really shocked me. I mean, he, 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 I played him appeal last year, um, and he had flashes of brilliance. And you could see, geez, this guy is like this guy's got a talent to be a really, really good player. Um, and then you go and watch him at AFL level, and it those flashes were few and far between. And he just sort of was out there. But this year, he's he's sort of played, I guess, coming out of contract, you play with a little bit more freedom. Some people do. It's either you freeze or you, you, you go for it. And he's gone for it. And he's sort of come out of his shell and he's playing exceptional football and has certainly shown why he was a top draft pick. Okay. And the other bit of information that uh, I can impart is that the All-Australian selectors, I think, met in Melbourne yesterday. Uh, Glenn Jakovic, Matthew Pavlich representing the WA yep. interest. Caleb Sarong is... Yep. If not on the bench in the, in the starting lineup, which he's had such a great season, he'd be leading the Doig medal. So a big tick if he could get a, an All-Australian Guernsey in the 40 initially, which I'm, I'm sure he will, yep. and and Luke Ryan, the other player. So I'm sure you'd you'd support Caleb Sarong given what he's done this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think um, he, he has... Oh, Andrew started the year off a little bit. I mean, not off. He, st- he still was having 30, but he wasn't as dom- dum- uh, damaging as he was last year. And, and Caleb sort of picked up the slack there. But he's, yeah, he's elevated his game to another level. I think he's relished the vice-captain role and has and just taken that on field. Um, so, yeah, I'd be 
I'd be shocked if he wasn't in the 40. Um, the, the jump, the take it or leave it for actually getting a jump a jacket because I think a bit of that comes down to your team and how they've been going as well. And So many mids. So many midfielders. So he's certainly been, I believe, in the best 40 players of the season. So if he doesn't get a jacket, I'd be a bit shocked. Okay. So we've gone about the issues at Fremantle. Is selection Sunday, the Dockers or Port? I think the Dockers will get it done. I think they're playing really good footy at the moment for a pointless time of the year, but um, I reckon they'll take this as a real opportunity to uh, roll a good side. Well, I think you summed it up beautifully. Pointless for Fremantle, and uh, there's so much at stake for Port. Top two, yep. uh, Port Adelaide. I think they're just going to start to find their mojo again. You're tipping Freo, I'm tipping Port. There are WA teams on our Shelter Footy cast. Let's jump into the rest of the round tomorrow night at uh, Marvel Stadium. Despite it being yeah. first versus second, Collingwood v Brisbane. Uh, why the MCG? Now, there must be a contractual deal here somewhere that uh, we be. haven't heard about, but uh, the Lions would want it at the G. Magpies will get more yep. members in there. Seems bizarre. Uh, everyone's banging on about it, but it's playing at Marvel, which gives, yeah. gives Collingwood, I guess, a few more headaches because Brisbane's probably, you know, they're two games clear, percentage on top. Again, what's there to play for for Collingwood? They've got two blokes out who've been declared out in um, in Dugowie and Hill this week. You know, Moore's yep. out, Dacos. Mm-hmm. Is it a bit of man management for, for the coach Craig McRae in the last two rounds? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because you sort of, you're in a position where you can do that. Um, I don't think they'd necessarily want to put everyone on ice, but I... I they still want to, You still want to win games. You want to carry momentum. And I think for a side like Collingwood, if they can beat Brisbane, uh, who are second on the ladder and have been very, very good this year, with an undermanned side, you just gain. I mean, they've they don't they're not short of any belief by no by no means. But if they can carry uh, four or five injuries into a game and win against the second best side in the comp, that'll give them uh, an enormous lift going into finals. Um, for Brisbane, oh, yeah, they'll obviously be disappointed. It's not the G. They wanted to sort of prove themselves there, but take this as an opportunity to keep locking down second spot. It's tight. Melbourne, Brisbane, Melbourne, Brisbane Port, it's um, it's anyone's game for second. So they, uh, they're they still locking it down. And I think it's, um, yeah, they'll take this just as intense as any final that they're going to play. So, uh, yeah, it'll be a bloody tough game, but I'm not sure why it's not at the G. Yeah, exactly. I mean, end of the day, uh, the Lions, if they win their last two, they, they finish yep. top two, which off the back of that gives them home qualifying final, potentially home prelim final uh, yep. again they've only got to play once at the G and you've only got to win one game to, to be yeah. premier so there's a bit to play out there uh, Gunston out with a knee so yep. he'll obviously be just managed between now and the and the, the finals as it stands um, Will Hoskinelli will play his 200th game for the Magpies he's sort of yep. under the radar isn't hasn't he? he he's gone very under the radar started at GWS uh, and Oh, yeah, I mean, I remember him being this curly-headed kid who was super quick, and I watched him play a couple of games at the Giants, and and just thought, well, I mean, that's he's good, but all of a sudden now he's played two hundred. I uh, yeah, it shocked me. But that's no, huge, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, massive. Still side bottom returns to the side. Yep. Tell me what you know about. Give us a bit of a background on Jacob Ryan. Jacob Bryan, poor oh, jeez. Uh, he's the bloke with the he's the bloke with the uh, the real surfy mullet. The mullet, thing, good get. Yeah, I uh, I only you've heard of him. No, I haven't heard of him. I only know that. <laughs> I thought, gee, that's a Because uh, I, I, uh, I have just follow Josh Dacos on Instagram and put up a photo of him debuting. But uh, yeah, the real surfy Mark Nikoski almost look. Yeah, so he'll make his debut, and uh, well done to him. And uh, who are you selecting? Marvel Stadium tomorrow night. Now there has been not that I follow the markets, and you definitely can't. But uh, the Lions have been backed uh, pretty heavily here, given the outs for Collingwood. Yeah, I um I obviously can't follow the markets. Well, I can, but I can't do anything with them. I um 
I think Brisbane will get it done. I um, I think they play very well at Marvel Stadium. They, uh, it's not the MCG, but it's also Collingwood have got a, a string of injuries out, and it's going to be you know it's going to be difficult for them. Darcy Moore sets them up so well. Nick Dacos is a, obviously the. I think the best player in the comp, um, and Jordan Degoe he's a, a star. So it'll be it'll be tough, I think, for Collingwood and and Brisbane will be taking this opportunity to uh, to really pounce at it and, and lock down that second spot. Uh, just quickly before we leave this game, uh, Jacob Ryan, there was uh, something I think on Instagram. That's uh, the right uh, the right format I've got. Uh, he's been described Jacob Ryan as flying Ryan, but uh, Liam Ryan apparently has jumped on and said, "Tell him there's only one." Flying Ryan, cuz. Uh, that's uh, a bit of Liam Ryan yeah, just, just chiming in, not uh, wanting his... Uh... Yeah, he hasn't flown for a while, uh, Liam. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. he was up there and came down and did his hamstring. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, just letting them know mm, that my brand, them, no, and my, yep. I've got uh, that patented Flying Ryan, yeah. so well done to him. Uh, who are we selecting? Brisbane. Brisbane, yep. Brisbane I'll go, oh, I should have gone with Brisbane as well, given what yeah. I'm hearing yep. out of the Magpie. So we're agreeing on that one. Uh, Richmond, North Melbourne, Saturday MCG, believe it or not, 11.45am. Yeah. This is the farewell game, we believe, for, for Trent Cochin and, yep. and Jack Revolt, given I don't think they'll travel the last round. So Jacob Hopper returns to the side, uh, and George Wardlaw have been put on ice for the last couple of games, just making sure he's right for 2024. Jaden Stevenson with a thumb is out, and of course, Ben Cunnington retired yep. in uh, in really gracious fashion. Yeah, he's... Um I, yeah, he's he was one of my favourite players to watch growing up. I was a massive North Melbourne fan, um, and just the way he went about it. Glenn Archer was my all-time favourite player, uh, and then Cunnington came along and was and was right up there as well. Just the way he attacked the footy, the way he was on and off the field, and um, he will just sli- he will happily fade away and go to Warnable and do what he does. But he, he's, I've never seen a tougher player. I think he had 32, 33 possessions one game, and thirty-two of them were contested. That stat that came out the other day about the most twenty possessed twenty times contested possessions. I think uh, Luke Davies Uniac's done it twice. Josh Simpkin might have done it twice, and Ben Cunnington's had twenty or more contested possessions <laughs> twenty-one times. Ah. So just gapping the comp there. He's um, no, he's a star. Uh, I think obviously that North Melbourne will struggle to play the last two games and will struggle to get competitive, and that Richmond will win. But um, yeah, I, it was a good send off for. Uh, Cunners last week, and I think it'll be a good send off for the for the Richmond boys this week too. It'll be huge, you think, given uh, what they did for for Koch and for his three hundredth or three yep. yeah three hundredth game, the three fifty yeah three hundredth game. Uh, they'll be sending him and Revolt off with a victory. They, they, you can almost lock this in yeah. for a Richmond win, I think, given yep. where this season is it at for both sides. Tigers for me, Tigers for you. Yep. over North Melbourne at the MCG. Uh, they should get a decent crowd given the two heroes yeah, bowing out. Uh, just remember, we're still waiting for your bottom half. Yeah, yeah, the way. Yeah. And don't worry, I'm finding it hard. There's not a lot to a lot of value to get, no, there get excited about, but we'll go up to the Heritage Bank Stadium on the Gold Coast. Mm. Saturday, the Suns and the Blues. Uh, yeah. Ben King comes in, Harry Mackay also in. Uh, Blues chasing nine in a row, but the Suns have been pretty decent on their home deck. Yeah, they have been very good on their home deck. I uh, I remember being in the hub in 2020 and at about, what time is this game? 12.10, so 2.10. 2.10, yeah. At a, at early afternoon, mid-afternoon, probably about three o'clock, so they might play the first half in a bit of dry, but it just, when the dew kicks in, it just sort of, the sun gets at an awkward spot and it just all of a sudden becomes a cake soap. of soap mm. and uh, and they deal with those conditions very well. You uh, you did, I forgot that I had a bottle, bottle mud of the roughy to go for this week and I don't think that the suns will be over $3, but no, I, well, I'm going to have to let both of us off here because I think there's only a West couple Coast of are the only ones West Coast over. is probably over $4. Outside of that, there's nothing really under $3. But, you know, you, you throw what you think is a, is a roughie, and I'll, I'll judge, and we can, we can make well, a yeah, call. Yeah, I think Carlton, uh, it hurts me because they're the real deal. And I just, I, 
As soon as I said, I think it was on this podcast that they'll never win another game. I'm never tipping them again. They haven't lost They've another gone game. Eight in a row. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I am hesitant to tip against them. Although. Uh, I just think Gold Coast are very, very good at their home deck, and I think this is the closest one that I can get to a roughie if I go Gold Coast by four goals. I think Gold Coast to win by 24 points or more will be... I reckon that'd get me to about three or four bucks, wouldn't it? That'll take it. Yeah, That'll I'll take, take that. There's uh, my bottom mark, Ruffy. And, of course, one bloke looking on very closely, Damien Hardwick, who, yep. apart from the press conference and all being announced, it's, it sounds like a done deal. Mm. Yeah, he'll be... Uh, he'll, he's an excellent coach. I think he'll do wonders for the footy club. And um, I think they're... they're in a position where they've got all the talent and they have had they've had all the talent for a while they just they could if they can find someone to steer the ship they'll be um they'll be a real force so i think they'll put on a good show for Demmer and win by four goals there you go against the blue baggers uh, who need to keep winning to make sure that uh, yep. look they they i think Scully went through some numbers and they they're highly likely to play finals but yeah you, you just why you why stop winning. the winning run now uh, on the verge of finals uh saturday afternoon Joey, you going I'm that going one. to stick with Carlton because okay. I'm Still going to find a bottom up. Yeah, sure. I might go. I'm All coming right. up soon. Okay. Giants, Bombers, Saturday afternoon. Uh, essentially, elimination fight. Both these sides have to win their last two. Yep. Toby Bedford, Brent Daniels' return from suspension. Um, two small forwards that will be really invaluable for them. Draper and Stringer back for the Bombers. And, of course, the Toby Green factor comes into it here. Um, the Giants have been, I reckon, one of the better Better stories of the year, given what they've done. And I had them sort of bottom four, and mm. they're looking more at, you know, on the cusp of the eight. Yeah, well, I had both of these sides down at the bottom. I actually think on this show I might have said GWS to make the finals, and you were, you laughed at me. I probably um, did. Only because of uh, my friend Jack Buckley, who is playing exceptional football. Uh, Toby Green is a star, and uh, he will be, him and obviously Jack winning the Back Chat Backman of the Year award. Those two will be the only reason I'll be tuning into this game. But... Um, Oh, yeah, I've got a bit on the line with Scoey for... I'm um, not sure if you heard the bet that's going. I had. It's a, it's a naked element? Yeah, there's a naked element to it. If Toby Green wins the brown line, I've got to serve beers at the paddo naked for a night. Um, how, how does that work? Nah, not sure. Don't worry, but see, at, least, at least you're in a position where... There's you know, no certainty. Scoey, this is... Scoey in March or April, this is what he said about the West Coast Eagles uh, on a back chat podcast. If West Coast win the wooden spoon, I'm happy to reveal... I would do a naked lap of Optus Stadium yeah, with nothing on because I'll be naked. I'll do a naked lap. <laughs> so that's on the record. Wow. And on Monday, I'm going to confront him one-on-one yeah, about, go for uh, it. Th- about a letter that, yeah, we've just got some documentation yeah, which okay. is uh, quite damning on him. And mm. uh, and if he doesn't follow through, then he needs yeah, to, to reassess his... Uh, he reassess himself. But back to the football, I think this is going to be a pretty good game. <laughs> But I think all, all all 36 men on the field will be fully clothed. Yeah, exactly. and, uh, it'll be looking to be a good contest. Who are you tipping? I think I'm going to tip the Giants. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. This is, can, I, this, can I have a bottom mark roughly of the week here? Cause yeah, I, I'm well, going to have the Bombers. Okay. Well, as you said, more than four goals. I'll go. Sure. There's your phone. There's my phone. And uh, your phone's upset at the bottom mark roughly of the week. I'm, I'm going to tip the Bombers okay. by in excess of... You had four goals for I had the, four goals. I can get four goals if you want. I'll go four goals. Sure, well. Bombers by four goals. That's the bottom mark. That'll, that, that definitely puts us over $3, Jaden. I, we've got one each this year, yeah. uh, Scully and I, and that came on the same weekend. So uh, I reckon any chance of us doubling up? At 286. 286. Yeah, so I'm around the mark. That's pretty much. Yeah, I'm around the mark. Yeah, Thank you. Me. Bombers for me. Bombers four goals. Yeah, there you go. So the Giants win by 10. Right, uh, <laughs> next up we've got, here's two big games, Saints, yep. Cats, Saturday night, our time, must win. Mm. The outs for uh, Geelong, Rowan and Stanley, two uh, premiership players. Uh, Cat's a bit undersized. Tom Hawkins is the big question mark whether he yeah. returns from that hammy. Uh, Cam Guthrie, Tom Hawkins, as I said, 
both 50-50 return. If they play, it's almost a case of, gee, I think Geelong can win. But yep. just got a feeling St Kilda are getting back to playing the footy they did at the start of the year. This is a really good game. Probably the match of the round. Yeah, I think so as well. I think looking at it at the start of the year, Saints just surprised me and absolutely shot out of a cannon to start. Uh, then they sort of levelled into where I thought they would be around that sort of eight to four, anywhere from five to eight mark. And um, and now they're sort of starting to play good footy again. So they're obviously doing it at the right time. But um, I think Geelong have got everything to play for as well. So Hawkins will be a massive in for them. Mm. If he can come back... Uh, He's just an enormous. We speak about Jack Rewalt kicking as many goals, but this bloke is a um, this bloke's a star, a bona fide star. He's a mountain. There's not many more. There's not many man mountains left in the competition. Not man mountains, no. And he's one of them. Yes, he he is just enormous. Meeting him, seeing him in person, he just dwarfs people. He's enormous, and he just has that. He's got the tank of a midfielder. He, he kicks goals, so he's. An enormous in for the for the cats if he can get back. Yeah, cats are just there's something missing obviously from this time yep. last year. So whether they can get to the eight, Chris Scott's still confident. More importantly, who do you think will win this game? Oh, it's tough. I, I I really like Geelong, and I think that they can um, if they can somehow find a way in that they can be dangerous. But I just think Saints are playing good footy at the moment, so I'm gonna. I, weirdly going to tip the St Kilda Saints. Yeah, I'm tipping the outsider here as well, St Kilda. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think the fact this is played at Marvel Stadium mm. helps their cause somewhat. Uh, so we're both picking the Saints. I did say it's probably the match of the round. Well, yeah. given first is playing second. Yeah, maybe but not. at Marvel. At Marvel, yeah. Doesn't no, matter. It's if it was be... at the G, it would have brought the house down. Absolutely. Uh, both going the Saints as we roll to the Adelaide Oval. Uh, 5.40, two sides that need to win their last two games again to make the eight, possibly. Crows... Always good at home, not so good away. Uh, Rankin returns from that huge uh, that injury. And Dane Rampey is big for Sydney. Uh, Jolla Marty has some tightness in the hamstring, so he's out. And Nick Blakey plays his 100th game. Despite the fact this is in Adelaide, Sydney's form uh, has been very strong in the last uh, six to eight weeks. It has. It's uh, It's been very good. They're playing some very good football. Um, the Lizard playing his 100th is huge. Yeah. They, uh, milestone games are always big and always important. Is and 100 big? 100's big. Is 100 it? games is a lot of footy. That's father-son qualified. That's... It's a big number of football games. I mean, 200's huge. I mean, 250. Huge. Anything over 200, I think is... And even Brian Taylor said this. Um, do we give too much kudos and, and credence to... Now, this is... Blokes never played an AFL game. A hundred games. Is it something we should celebrate uh, in just a little bit more modestly? Or, or you think, go, yeah, banners, oh, I think, everything? Yeah, I think banners and everything. I think playing a hundred games... I think if you looked at the percentage of... Very small. ...people that have played AFL football and then have gone on to play 100 games, it's very small. The yeah. percentage of people in the country that have played 100 games of AFL football is just minuscule. So I absolutely think it's something to be celebrated. Um, Sorry, Lizard. No, we'll jump yeah, back on so board. I'm, back on the, I'm on the Lizard train. It's a milestone game, and they'll, they obviously want to play well there. Um, but I think Rankin coming back for the Crows is massive. He brings an atmosphere to that place that's unlike anywhere in the comp. Um, and he's obviously a phenomenal player. I think he's almost been the trade or recruit of the year. Uh, you could make an argument for a couple of others, but he's been right up and around there. Um, it's going to be an inten- it's going to be an intense game of footy. Uh, finals on the line. Oh, toss of a coin. I'm going to go Adelaide. I think. I'm sort of with you here because I'm just a few down in my footy tipping in the West, and yeah, I know you're. I'm right at the bottom. You're mate. like the bloke. You're like the horse in the Melbourne Cup that's missed the Stark and it started. Is still what ten length? Are you still last or not? I am. I believe I am still last. <laughs> I, I think I'm the only bloke in there that's tipped West Coast every, every week. game. You had to. Yeah. Um, you and Jay are probably obliged given your situation. Yeah. To... I um. Uh, yeah. I also have a blind allegiance to Freo and Melbourne, which is disappointing because they <laughs> they're both Freo one of them in studios. Freo isn't as good as I would have liked them to be. <laughs> but I'm just at the back. I'm the shepherd. I'm just making sure everyone sort of stays on. I'm rounding up the back. Well, I'm with you here. I think uh, Adelaide does win the game. Um, Sydney good. 
I just yeah, the, the question. I think rankings are huge in for them. So both yeah. picking the Adelaide Crows yep. in that one. Uh, one more game to to roll through in round twenty three. It's Melbourne versus Hawthorne at the MCG Sunday one twenty at time. Mm-hmm. Hawthorne uh, talk about buying stocks in a club. In, Unbelievable. They're going beautifully. Grundy, what about him? Does he hold his spot? Adam Tomlinson, Tom McDonald, Ben Brown, all available potentially. Chad Wingard is out with an Achilles for the Hawks. And Maxie Gorn. Now, here's a milestone. 200, Hammer. There you go. Maxie Gorn, that's a milestone we can get behind. Uh, this is a game all of a sudden. I mean, if you had asked me three weeks ago who's going to win this, I would have said Melbourne by a landslide. But the Hawks have just come out of nowhere and have started to play some pretty good football. Sicily back is huge. Yep. He, um, he Sam Mitchell's got them to a point where who cares, do whatever you want, and it's, it's working for them. I think... Melbourne have got, what are they, fourth at the moment? They've got a real challenge on their hands to sort of play some good footy and um, <clears throat> they'll get to see the other two games. So they'll get to see what happens yep. with... Um, Collingwood-Brisbane. With Collingwood-Brisbane. I think Port go after them, so they won't see that. But they'll uh, they'll see Brisbane. If Brisbane lose, then that might open up a door for them to maybe get going a little bit again for a top two spot, although albeit unlikely. Um, it's interesting. I think Gorn playing 200 huge. For a bloke who was... Uh, couldn't care less, was drinking beer and smoking cigarettes at training, and all of a sudden he's now played 200 games and he's the most dominant ruckman in the comp. It's premiership captain. Premiership captain. He's, yeah, he's a phenomenal man, a phenomenal player. Um, I think Melbourne get it done, but I just I don't think it's going to be a walkover that they once would have expected. No, exactly. I'm with you. Melbourne should be winning. I mean, they've, their form has been patchy, uh, but uh, they've still got that, that, and I know you've got the faith, but... I still don't think they've played their their best footy by any means this this year no, so far. No, they haven't. They've been they've been playing. I remember speaking to Angus about it a couple of days ago. They've they've been playing teams in the last two months that have been playing for their finals pretty yep. much. So they played Richmond when they needed to win. They played Adelaide when they needed to win. They played Carlton when they were on a run and needed to win. Um, they played Geelong when they needed to win. They, they've played games against teams that have been basically playing finals. So it, when you know if you look at a game earlier in the season where it's you know. Melbourne versus uh, Melbourne versus Richmond. It's well, Melbourne win that one, but Richmond were fighting for something, and it was you know it was a bit more of a GWS. They played them, and they were mm. fighting for finals. So it was um, they've been playing intense games. So it's they their form's been up and down a little bit. And they haven't been winning. They haven't hit their straps. I think Clayton coming back is huge for them. Um, but yeah, they're they're um they're peaking. I think they need to start peaking at this time of the year, and they're in a position where if they win a couple of games, they can hopefully or may, maybe finish second, but definitely top four, and then get the double chance and go from there. So with that being said, Melbourne, Melbourne for you, Melbourne for me. There we have it. We've got uh, a fair bit in common this mm. week, which means uh, if you're following our footy tips, you're probably in a lot of trouble because uh, <laughs> Hammers last and I'm only horrible. I'm just struggling along the top uh, top few at the West, but not going well at the moment. Mm. Uh, this is the Shelter Footy Cast. Yes, Frosttown coming shortly. And, of course, we've given you our bottle mark roughies of the week. Some listener comments and then a question to finish us off. Sure. Uh, now, you probably haven't seen it, but uh, there's lots of jacket comments about me that I wore. It was a, like a, a grey jacket. It was quite stylish, actually. Lots of, of buttons on the inside. So I, I copped a bit of feedback. It's mm. just Chris O says, did Skeet steal Inspector Jack Gadget's jacket. Gadget's jacket. Yeah, yeah, good on him. That's that's good. Well, nice work, Chris O, yep. uh, there. Yep. Uh, Daniel Jeffrey, uh, 222 Skeet. The jacket is excellent. Thank you very much. There you it's go. one you'd wear to like an EPL game in. Of course. Yeah, and it's yeah, cold yeah, in Manchester. Yeah, it's not bad. Anyway, yep, I know the thanks one. to Seven for that. Channel Seven gave me that when I went to Manchester. Aussie TV music. This is more a statement. West Coast are the worst team I've ever seen in 50 years of watching footy. Even Subiaco in the 1980s had more fight. I'll leave you to uh, ponder that well. um, and, and digest. Uh, this one, I'll get you to answer. Sure. Uh, that's from, uh, by the way, 
W Wood two four six two sounds like a, a prison name, but anyway, this is how we roll. Apparently, Jade. Mm. And now this is a serious one. I think the AFL needs to have a look at the puffer situation, not puffer jacket. Yes, the puffer here. Mm. Lots of players have asthmatic issues, and I think the AFL needs to go on a massive education program to educate players. I think a lot of players have been going over the limit accidentally, and we don't want players banned for years for an accident like that. What are your thoughts uh, on reflection given the Brady Hoff situation last week? Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one because you do a, an awful lot of education around this sort of stuff. But um, looking back on it, the education around uh, asthmatics and puffers is not general. You don't spe- that doesn't really go to the whole team. You um, you sit in your meeting and you talk about performance enhancing drugs and illicit substances and the and the doping codes and all that sort of thing. Uh, and then they speak about um, TUs, I think they're called, these exemption uh, forms that you need to fill yeah. out if you've got some stuff like that, um, or TUEs or something I think they're called. I can't remember. But asthmatics are one that you need to fill this format to get prior uh, exemption for um, you know, for these puffers. But there is a limit. But that's that's what they tell you in the um, in those meetings when you get them rolled out. You said asthmatics have got to fill these forms out, and it's something that is, Ventolin is acceptable up to a certain point, and then over that, you know, you're in some trouble. But that's you don't really hear what that exact point is in that general meeting. So, and I'm not an asthmatic, so I haven't sought this feedback out. But if um, if you were an asthmatic, you would then have to go and speak to the club doctor and figure out exactly how many puffs. And I don't know that it would necessarily be a one size fits all. And it's um, <clears throat> it's interesting because they're obviously they've obviously got a medical condition where they need this to sort of breathe, I guess. And just just a minor part of yeah, your just life. Just a minor part of your life. And yeah, I'd. I'd be interesting to see at what point it becomes overly performance enhancing. Uh, I can't see it for a guy who's for a bloke who's been diagnosed with asthma. If you need ten puffs to get yourself to a point where you can run around and breathe, I don't know how. Man, it's not like you you know you've done a round of steroids and are feeling good about yourself. It's you've taken a bloody puff to breathe. So I think it's something that needs to be looked at. Um, I'm not sure the exact ins and outs of it, but. Um, yeah, there's plenty of them rolling around. I've seen a few puffers in my time, asthma puffers, and uh, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I haven't necessarily got the hard and fast rule on what it is, but I think it certainly needs to be looked at. Gee, you sum that up well. In fact, I might have just bring give given my uh, experience and knowledge on this. Travis Kelsey probably deserves a just a little bit of love here uh, about asthmatics and yep. ventilin for me. Know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do because I know nothing about this subject. I'm like you. But tell you what, you spoke your way through that yeah. with such eloquence, Hammer. I love mm. it. Uh, that has been our round 23 preview for the Shelter Footy Cast. Socials at Shelter Footy Cast. Footy Cast at shelterbrewing.com.au. The YouTube backlist. Back chat, Shelter Footy Cast players. Uh, links are in bio, whatever that means. Uh, get on board. <laughs> Scoey's back in town very shortly after watching the Matildas. Hammer, always a pleasure. Good luck always. to the Royals this Thank week you. as you take on the might of the West Coast Eagles. We'll catch you on Monday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.